At the end of last week's sermon, we talked about living wisely and making the most of every opportunity the Lord gives us, uh, and not kind of going through life on autopilot, but, you know, being intentional to see what is God doing, what moments is God providing for me to walk in, what, what good, good things has God prepared in advance for me to walk in. Uh, the passage ended with this phrase in verse 18 of Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this, this passage is saying don't live on autopilot. Don't be in a drunken haze going through life. Don't waste your time, but be intentional. Live with intentionality, knowing that the days are numbered and redeem those days for the glory of the Lord. And it talks about these evidences of being filled with the Spirit. It says, be not drunk in wine, be filled with the Spirit. And, and then the fruits of being filled with the Spirit are kind of shared in verse 19. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, they speak to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. They, they have this deep communion where they share encouragement with their brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you, if you find something that encourages you in Christ, you share it with your brother and sister in Christ. And that's something that people that are filled with the Spirit do. They're always looking for those opportunities, uh, encouraging one another. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. This is just a general disposition of worship. Uh, we know that God is in control, that he is all good and all knowing, and he's in control. Uh, another thing spirit-filled people do is they give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit-filled people have this understanding that, like I said, God is big, God is in control, God knows things that we don't, and so they, they just worship with thanksgiving. They have a peace knowing that God is in control, and they can give thanks in any circumstance, no matter what is going down in their life, because they know that God is good. Even when the bottom falls out of life, God is good, and they give thanks to the Lord. The next verse is today's verse. An evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We don't usually think of submission to one another out of reverence for Christ as being a fruit of being filled with the Holy Spirit or an evidence of being filled with the Spirit, but this text is very clear that this is not starting a new thought, but this is something that is an evidence of being filled with the Spirit, an attitude of submission to our brothers and sisters in Christ. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for the Lord. Most people will talk about, you know, speaking in tongues as the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit. And that's been a wrong doctrine that has been in the church that has made people that don't speak in tongues feel like they're lesser Christians, right? Uh, And people that do speak in tongues feel like they're better Christians. Uh, And while we believe that speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift, it's not an evidence, an initial evidence of salvation or or, uh, or, uh, anything like that. But we don't often think about something like having a submissive attitude as being an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Has anyone ever thought about it that way? Having a submissive attitude as being um, evidence of the Holy Spirit. This passage is saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is something that shows that you are God's children. Um, And I think that one of the implications is if you can't even submit to a brother or sister in Christ who you see, how can you submit to God who you can't see? You know? That's one of the things in Scripture. If you can't have an attitude of submission, lining yourself underneath someone else, 
in the body of Christ, then how are you going to have a hope or a prayer um, of submitting to God who you can't see? Having a submissive attitude is an evidence of someone being filled with the Spirit of Christ. The Greek word for submit used in this passage is hippotasso, which sounds like a large creature that would be in the water, but uh, it's not. Greek words. It means to put yourself under, to subject oneself, to obey someone, to submit to someone's control, to yield to someone's admonition or advice. Does that sound, is everyone having <laughs> a lot of like reactions to that right now? Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Exactly. Um, this is something that's very hard for people to submit to other people. Out of rever- but we do it out of reverence for Christ, and it's something that God calls us to. Hippotasso. Um, it seems that whenever submission is talked about in church, they go from the concept and go right to the application. Which I, which I, and, and there is application for this that Paul lines up, and that's something we'll talk about next week. It talks about family relationships, children and parents, husbands and wives, all these different kinds of specifics uh, uh, of how submission looks, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, but not many people take time to park on this and say, look, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is actually something that's for all people, regardless of specifics. It's something that's for everyone. Everyone needs to display this attitude. Uh, I looked up the Greek for one another. It means one another. <laughs> um, it's just something, an attitude that all Christians are supposed to have, and they're supposed to have this attitude because of reverence for God. Uh, so submission is is one of those topics we kind of balk at, we have a hard time with, but it's something that is for us as Christians. Culturally, the word submission and submit is incredibly loaded. It's a very negative term, and it brings to mind uh, people, someone like on a mat being forced down, like in a wrestling match. That doesn't sound very good. Um, it has badness associated with it. It has dark things associated with it. Uh, submit, submission. But it's for us. At the end of the day, this is for us. We have to understand what the Bible is teaching, and we have to follow it. And that is wisdom, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In my opinion, as I said earlier, submission is pretty much the opposite of anything our flesh would like to do. It's the opposite of what you would like to do. When I read, like, the Greek definition, nope, nope, don't want to do that. We have an incredible time, uh, and, and really people that don't know Christ have almost an impossible time of submitting to other people. Uh, but people that are holy Christian people have a hard time with submission. People that are walking with the Lord and trying to follow God with a pure heart, even those people have a hard time with it because our flesh hates submission. We want to remain in complete control of our lives, and we have a very hard time submitting to God's headship, let alone someone else. <laughs> let alone someone else. Yet the Bible teaches us that it is for our good to submit. It's something that is good and for our good, and we need to seek to understand what it is and learn how to live it out. Uh, The first uh, area of submission that I want to talk about is submission to God. This is fundamental. And for this, I look to uh, James 4, 7 to 10, if you want to turn to it. James 4, 7 to 10. Submission is for our good. It says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. 
Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. This is one of, my, one of the passages that has pulled me out of many a dark hole. Uh, what's the answer to your dark hole problem? Submit to God. When you're, when you're feeling down, you feel like a loser, you've, you've, uh, you've messed up, you feel like you're beyond redemption, submit yourself to God and see what he can do. Uh, submission. This is the same word that's used in our text in Ephesians 1, 20, uh, 5.21. Uh, hippotasso. Submit yourselves then to God. Place yourselves underneath God. And what I'd like to note here is that all of the fruits of submission to God are positive. They're positive things. It says, uh, when we submit to God, the devil flees from us. Who here wants the devil to flee from them? Would that be nice? When you're not living in submission to God, you're pretty much fair game. Because you're, you're double-minded. You're half-hearted. You're double-hearted, double-minded. You have one foot in, and one, you're doing the hokey-pokey as a Christian, right? Um, the devil is going to be able to exploit that easily, because you, you don't really mean it. So when we submit to God, the devil all of a sudden flees. Uh, that's a really good fruit of, of submitting to God. Second thing it says is God draws near to us in relationship. When we become single-minded about uh, our relationship with God and we submit to God, God just draws near to us by his grace. Uh, who here would like to have the sense that God has drawn near to them? All of us would. To feel the presence of God, to feel that peace that God brings. And then the third fruit of submission to God is that God will lift us up. Who here would want God to reach down and lift up our head and look us in the eye and say, I love you. It's okay. Submission is a great thing. I know this world has hijacked the word, and it's a very dark word that means very dark things. It has to do with power and dominance. But submission within the Christian church, it's for us, and it's something that's for our good. Submission to God is, there really is no other, uh, there's no greater joy that can be found than in, in a fully surrendered heart. Maybe you can remember the moment when you came to Christ or when you finally just gave up and you surrendered and said, God, take all of me. I submit to you. And you felt that peace come over you. Uh, Those are the moments that we treasure, the moments we want to live in. And when we submit to God, it's not just those things, the devil fleeing, God drawing near, God lifting us up, but it's eternal salvation for our souls. And it's also a life lived to the fullest uh, as we walk in this world. Submission to God is a great thing. The second part of submission is uh, from our text today. This is Ephesians uh, 5.21. It says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We submit to God because it makes logical sense. This is what you do. You submit to God. Why do we submit to other Christians? Well, we do it out of reverence for the Lord Jesus himself. And this word for reverence is from the Greek word phobos, which means fear. Again, these are words we don't use too much in church. But another way of talking about that would be uh, to make it a little, a little easier to digest. Not just fear, but dread and terror. Is that better? Does that work better for people? That which strikes terror. Are you listening? So that's um, out of reverence for God, out of phobos for God, uh, we are to submit to other people. Other Christians on a regular basis have this kind of attitude of mutuality and attitude of coming underneath other people. So, when I think about the fear of God, when I think about uh, dread, terror, some of your parents said, I'm going to put the fear of God in you, you know. Probably, hopefully not anymore, you know, you get in big trouble for that kind of thing. But, but, but what are we really talking about here? God has overwhelming power. God is overwhelmingly powerful, and he is overwhelmingly authoritative, okay? And in light of the fact 
that God exerted his overwhelming power and overwhelming authority to submit to death on a cross out of love for us, we should submit to one another. I mean, if God wanted to, he could have broken out against us in wrath and fury and all those things. But God took his power, his authority, and he gave us his very self in Christ. Should we not have reverence for that? Should we not have an understanding that God has been greatly merciful to us through Jesus? And shouldn't that condition how we live our lives? Shouldn't that condition our attitudes and how we treat brothers and sisters in Christ as far as whether we will line up underneath them or we will just kind of oppose them and refuse to work with them? If even God submitted himself to death on the cross for us, how can we, what's our excuse for not submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ? I mean, if you think about it, The amazing thing about God, all-powerful, all-authoritative, and when we pray to God, sometimes he submits to our prayers. Just humans. He hears our prayers, and he changes things based on our little prayers to him when we pray in accordance with his will. How amazing is God? You have to have that full picture, though, to really understand God's glory of his power, of fear, dread, all that stuff to really see just how loving God is. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful picture. Out of reverence for Christ, we are to submit to one another on a regular basis. So how does that look? Well, I think uh, Philippians 2, anyone who's ever done marriage counseling with me knows my marriage counseling book is Philippians 2. A pastor in town called me and said, Do you have any, you're a resource guy. Do you have any resources for a young couple I'm, I'm counseling? And I said, Philippians 2. And he thought, he thought I was being snarky. But I'm serious. Philippians 2. Each of you should have the same attitude of that as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness. He submitted himself to death, even death on a cross. And then God lifted him up. Each of you should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. That's what mutual submission looks like in the church. Uh, Preferring someone else's needs, desires, and interests above your own. Taking on the nature of a servant and putting yourself underneath someone else's needs, desires, um, above your own. This is the attitude of Christ Jesus who came not to uh, be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So we have this, we do have this power. We can choose to dominate other people, to dominate conversations, to make our plans go forward. And God's saying, use that power like Jesus did. Empty it and become a servant, enslaved to all. That's what submission looks like in the church. And, of course, there can be abuses where people are kind of, you know, um, being a jerk about it. But listen, I mean, if everyone has this, this attitude, this is an ideal of Scripture, if everyone has this attitude of submitting to one another, can you think of the harmony that would promote in community? Can you think of how, how much better our ideas and plans would be and how refined they would be if all of us were listening to and preferring other people and thinking, you know, maybe I'm not the smartest person in the world. Maybe this person has an idea that I can get behind. And think of how much more effective we could be if we didn't have this need to just control everything all the time. Uh, it's, it's a really good thing to, to uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, the third aspect of submission has to do with submitting to the spiritual authority God has placed over you out of the reverence you have for the Lord Jesus himself. This may seem shamelessly self-serving, but it's not. It's just the word of God here. 
We're all called to this. We're all called to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, but Paul kind of talks about this in a, in, a, in a funny way in Hebrews thirteen seventeen. He says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They must keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. So Paul is kind of appealing to their... You want to have a good experience in church? Try not to be burdensome to your leaders because in the end, it's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit the body if you kind of come underneath someone's leadership and listen to them, perhaps even at points decide to obey them or or move forward with them, Um, that their their work would not be a burden and that the whole church would be lifted up. So there are these people that God has uh, placed in our lives that are a spiritual authority for us. And when we fall underneath their spiritual authority and we submit to them, the ideal of Scripture is that we are all blessed for it. They're not God. I'm not God. The elders aren't God. Pastors are not God. But these different authority figures God has placed in the church, in the home, different places, they're things God has instituted. God gave some to be pastors, right? God gave some to be elders, some to be teachers, all these things. God gave them. God instituted them. There's no authority on the earth except what has been instituted by the Lord. And so when we uh, submit to these people, even when we don't 100% agree or understand, sometimes we are submitting to God and we are honoring him. And it really is about submitting to God in the end. Uh, I always talk about this in ministry. When people give to to the offering, they think, oh, I'm giving to the church. Well, you're actually giving to the Lord. We're, we're, we're giving our finances to the Lord, and, the, and this is where we're doing it at the church uh, f- because we believe that this is what God's called us to be a part of doing. When people serve on the worship team or serve in the children's ministry, they think, you know, I'm serving New Life Fellowship. Well, yes, you are serving New Life Fellowship, but first and foremost, you're serving God. You're doing it as unto the Lord. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I'm so blessed and thankful that you people here and, and others that aren't here uh, today but are part of our body have decided to invest in this body uh, because it builds us up when you serve the Lord here. But make no mistake about it, when you submit to the pastor, the elders, you're submitting to the Lord. When you submit to uh, the needs of the body, I mean, you're serving the Lord. When you give to the church, you're giving to the Lord. It, it's just things God's put in place, tactile things we can touch and see that represent him in a certain situation. I myself and any other leader are men under authority as well. And power in the world, being about dominion, being about lording it over other people, is, is different in the kingdom of God. Uh, we need to separate, in many ways, our ideas of earthly power, manipulation, coercion, from our idea of submission in the church. Jesus makes it very clear in Mark ten forty two. There's no other way to interpret this, people. Um, When Jesus is talking about power and how the world is compared to how his kingdom is supposed to operate, he says, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. In the kingdom of God, power stuff is kind of flipped on its head. And those who want to be great, they become servants of all. They become servant leaders. We've heard this phrase before. And when we talk about 
leaders and authority in the church, you know, they are servants, first and foremost. They better be. They better be serving everyone in the church. And those are people that God has said, submit to their spiritual authority. I believe when you submit to spiritual authority that God's placed over you, you are blessed. Every pastor I've ever worked with, I've submitted to their spiritual authority 100%. And, uh, and I've felt like I've been blessed. Even when I haven't understood everything, sometimes things have become clear later on. Uh, but I think, I think submission is a big deal. It's something I've practiced every time I've been in a situation. You know, the, the authority that is placed over us is not the end-all and be-all. They are men under authority as well. I am a man under authority. I'm under the authority of the district office, who's like our bishop. There's plenty of people above me that, that anyone could talk to if things got, got wacky, right? Um, I'm under authority myself, and I'm accountable. But in the church, the ideal of Scripture is that we would submit to spiritual authority because God has placed them over us. And when we submit to them, it is a very tangible way in which we express our submission to God, which is what James 4 talks about. Uh, and I think that when you do this, you're blessed. And, this, and the spiritual authority that I'm going to uh, use in this church that God's given me is to be a servant. That's what God's called me to do. That's what God's called the elders to do. In the world, people throw around titles. Well, I'm the senior pastor, so you need to obey me. You know, I, I'm in charge, so everyone, everyone listen to me. I, I, you know, it's, it's not very much different from I have a gun to your head, so you do what I say. Or, you know, I have all this money. If you want it, then you do what I say. It's, that kind of worldly idea of power is not much different from what some pastors wield. But pa- the way pastors are to exert their authority in the church is with love and serving all. Jesus, when he washed his disciples' feet in John 13, he said, Now that you have seen me, your master, do this, you do likewise. That's what it's all about. So, uh, yes, you are supposed to submit to me and the elders, and the elders are supposed to serve, serve you guys. So from time to time, what does mutual submission look like? What does submitting to other people out of reverence for Christ look like? There will be times when I submit to the needs of individuals in this church above my own and, and, and prioritize them. There will be times when I s- corporately submit to what the body needs, even though it might not be what I might want. Just like in, there are times in my marriage where I will, I will submit out of love to something my wife would like or something my kids would like, something that, that would be good for them. Because this is what you do when you have spiritual authority and leadership. That's the ideal of the Bible. Not lording over other people, but just simply serving them. And when we have this attitude of submission to God, of submission to others within the church, and submission to spiritual authority, it's an ideal that's really we can think of a thousand reasons not to live this way, but when everyone starts doing this, it's a beautiful picture of Christ in the church. And it's something that seems idealistic, but it's something that will lead to the health in the body, which is what we're going for here, uh, that we would be a healthy body for Jesus Christ to lead by his headship as we all submit to God, as we submit to our leaders, as we submit to one another in love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this scripture. I thank you for this teaching on, on submission. It was so good and refreshing to read, to put aside um, the worldly things that come to mind, and to take on your, your beautiful ideal for the church. We pray that you would bless this church as we submit to you, our head. And I pray that in, all of our, in everything we do, that it would all be in submission to you, Lord Jesus, above all. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed temporarily to get your children. Then we're going to have a very short meeting talking about the future of the church.